Welcome to the Spilt Podcast. I'm Charlene. And I'm Tanya. We confess we are spillers. Not in the way that you may think, but it is likely you are one too. So if you've ever believed you are less than, invisible, or made to doubt yourself, we're glad you're here. We have been there, and in some respects, we're still there, because life is a journey. We are not doctors, therapists, or life coaches, but our collective life experience has taught us a thing or two. It is not a mistake that our paths are colliding today. So let's dig in, dig deep, and talk about why we spill. Welcome back, spillers. In today's episode, we are going to discuss a topic that's relevant to a lot of people these days. We're going to be talking about caring for aging parents. If you'll recall, a couple weeks ago we went into and dug deep into grief. I really feel like having that at the beginning of the year, I think might have been a good thing. So we put it out there so we can quit dreading it and having it hanging over us. And we also, we just didn't want it hanging over us any longer. And um, it was something that needed to be discussed. But you know what? I feel like we were very authentic. It was real. It was raw. It was not scripted. And we just, we just poured it out there. And I'm not sure I can't speak for Tanya, but for me, it was another layer of that, of that healing and processing and, and therapeutic therapy. That probably didn't make a lot of sense that way. But what I'm just trying to say is that I'm glad we did it. And it was a good episode. And it was meaningful. That is right. And if you're hearing our voice and you haven't listened, go back and listen. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. There you go. Um, to sum it up. And guess what? It's going to be a very honest and authentic episode as well. That is right. And people need to hear it probably. Yes, especially people in our age group need to hear this because you're probably in the throes of it or on the cusps of it for sure. Which we, our, our demographics are a lot of age groups, but the biggest portion is still in our age group. We mm. briefly discussed this, I think in episode one, about how it was a challenge when we're dealing with our mental health. Yes. So because this is a big one, we're going to start it off with scripture reading. <laughs> I just felt compelled to share Ephesians 6, 2 through 3. This is the NIV. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So essentially what I was told when I was young is if you honor your mom, mother and father, you will have a long life. I mean, we don't know exactly, but it's like, it, it definitely has that. You will be blessed for doing this commandment. And it's something that starts in childhood. Your parents actually teach it. They teach us respect me. Hopefully we're saying for parents that are doing what they should teach your children, children, respect, respect me, respect others, respect yourself. But over the years, your relationship with your parent is going to change. And just like your relationship with your kid is going to change because you are their parent, you'll see there's different stages and when they get to a certain point, you're not parenting them anymore. Your kids are adults. And then they, there's kind of a stage in there where they tell you, I know more than you. <laughs> and then, then there's another stage. They come back like, oh yeah, you were right. I get it. It's probably when they have kids. And then there's that stage toward the end. Parents are older. 
and you need to have some serious discussions about the future. And we were just talking, wouldn't it be great if we had all this ironed out ahead of time? When our parents are in tip top shape and everything's fine. But I think I told her it is hard to bring that up. Do you want to discuss it and say, let's talk about the end of your life right now. No, you just, I don't know. Some people do and other people are meticulous with estate planning and all that stuff that they plan for. But a lot of people aren't, or it makes you uncomfortable, or or do you just keep putting it off? Oh, I know we need to talk about this, but we put it off. So you may come to a place where something has gone wrong in your parents' life, and they're aging, or not just normal aging, they've become unwell, and there's something serious going on. And so... You have to, who steps up more than anyone? It's their kids. Yes. And I was just going to read a couple of facts from a place for mom. If you've never heard of this site, that's, it's a caregiver resource. Nearly 17% of the U.S. adult population provides unpaid care to an adult over the age of 50. It's like, we're over the age of 50. So there are people our age that are already getting care. But um, more than 75% of these caregivers are women. Did you know that? Mm. On average, they spend almost an equivalent number of hours a week providing care as many people spend at their traditional jobs. Wow. Many of these caregivers are also at employed or they also still have children that they're raising so just going to take a like a few statistics what did you say it's almost 42 million yes americans right now are taking care of someone yep another adult that's 17 percent of the u.s population and 89 percent of the caregivers will be a relative Wow. The average age of a caregiver is 50 years old. So we can relate to all this. Mm. Caregivers provided estimated $470 billion in free labor. Wow. (laughs) How do you tap into that? So it's just, I guess we feel like it's our duty, which Mm -hmm. I think it is. They took care of us. They raised us. We're saying in general. That's kind of like the model for human development. You're helpless and you have parents and they take care of you and they raise you and they get you up and going on your own. And then they're kind of living their life. And then the aging process starts. But what do you think? Is there anything else you want to say about that? I mean, I have definitely more stuff to say, but I'm just talking about. Oh, the the. This stage of life is going to come at some point in time. And that we, do you want to have to plan for it? But I think planning for it is very important. And it just becomes a period of your life where it's kind of like a role reversal. Yes. And I told you the term for what our generation is called the sandwich generation and it means um, that you're the middle age generation typically 40s and 50s you have elderly parents people are living longer now typically and you also have dependent children in various stages they could be young children they could be teenagers they could be young adults that still are kind of like mom I need your help with this and so it's a, it's representing those people that are squeezed between a simultaneous demand from caring for their children and supporting their children. Care, yes, caring for their children and their elderly parents. So at once, you're sandwiched in. You are sandwiched in. Man, I feel like I've had a 20-foot 
sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So I went back and I said this in the beginning, first episode, that we had had moved our in-laws, my in-laws, closer to us because they were having health issues. And I didn't go into much detail, but I said that year of my life, I felt so consumed with that, even though I was not with them 24-7. I wasn't. They had a nurse. We we divided our time. We had, you know, it wasn't just me. It was my husband. It was his sister, his brother, my kids that are adults. Like, we all took turns. But, like, mentally, I just lost so much focus. I stopped writing. I barely wrote 10 paragraphs that year. It's like, what? I had written books in the deepest, darkest depression before. Mm -hmm. But when I was a quote unquote caregiver, like I could not, I didn't have a creative bone in my body. And I still was not doing anything begrudgingly. Like I truly wanted to help them and give them the best years that they had left. I didn't know what they had left. It happened to, you know, not be too long, but I wanted them. I wanted them to still feel independent and I want to feel connected to the family and I wanted to, to maintain their dignity, but also make sure that they were healthier than they were alone because they were not taking care of themselves, but it was draining. It's mentally draining to do that because I was like, okay, well, we get, we start helping them with their bills because they kind of have lost all track of that. And it was just like, what about, I have my own bills. Now I'm like, where are their bills? Where's this? Oh, I got this payment. I was like putting things in my calendar. I got to do this. And then there's this doctor's appointment. Well, my kid has an appointment too. You know, it was, it was that, and it was felt very chaotic. And that was not me doing it alone. There are some caregivers out there and they're alone. Like maybe they're their only child. Or you're going to have some family members that they just like, "Ah, that's not really my thing. I can't deal with that. The, you know, the horror of it all. (laughs) There's stuff going on that unpleasantness. And there's, it almost seems like there's one person that just kind of takes the reins and does more. And it just depends. There's different reasons for that. but. I did want to read from Live Well Spending Less blog. This was so great and we can kind of expand on it. But six things that no one told you before you became a caregiver. You will have to make hard choices. Your parent, taking care of your parent is not like raising another kid. Some things that you will be asked to do are embarrassing and uncomfortable. Your relationships will become strained. Doctors will most often focus on how to prolong a life without considering the quality of life. And you will need a break. Mm. So I think we should talk about these. Hard choices. (laughs) What? Have you ever had to make a hard choice about your mother's situation? Sometimes you're going to be the bad guy. Yeah. I've had to make hard choices for sure. Most recently, not allowing her to drive. No driving right now. That's a big one when you have to take the keys from your parent. Yep. No driving right now. Although yesterday at therapy, there was discussion about getting her to be able to drive again. I was like, but you do know that her foot drops off the brake pedal. They're like, oh, yeah, but we can help her get get uh, connected to where she can get hand controls. Oh, I was like, <laughs> you do know that she doesn't feel her fingers, right? <laughs> this kind of goes back to with doctors. They're looking at the textbook or whatever. They're trying to meet these goals that they set. And we're like, do you know this woman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, we can, like, this happened with my, my father-in-law. 
ready to renew his license, you know, when he's in his 80s. Something similar happened with my grandmother when she was in her late 80s. Man, they are determined. I'm a good driver, and I have to share this. It's just down the street. I have to share this from my father-in-law. Because eventually, when we moved them down here, we weren't in small town East Texas anymore. Mm -hmm. He struggled enough as it was then. But we were in big town outside of Houston, Texas, okay? My husband made the hard choice. Well, for the hard choice for getting them down here, he basically took them in the dead of the night. Come on. You're leaving. You're going with me. Um, they kind of thought it was a temporary thing, but we turned it into a permanent thing because they just weren't taking care of themselves. And, and then he did take the keys and I cannot even um, remember how many times that his dad asked for his keys. He asked for his expletive keys a lot. And I think it was his mom that said, well, he says you can't drive here anymore. There's too much traffic. And he said, I've been driving since before he was born. Oh, yeah. That was it. I was like, what? You were driving before he was born, but you're 80 something years old now. And confused. Well, very confused. I will talk about that more because he had dementia, but also he had a lot of neck problems after years of like had some surgeries and he would say she said oh well I have to ride with him because his head doesn't turn anymore so I turn and she had the similar couldn't drive anymore because the foot drop so she would be the head thing I was like do y'all not know that this is this is not how driving works driving does not work where one person turns their head and the other person presses the pedals. I was just, but that's another thing we can talk about that they don't always listen to reason. No. So, and yeah, your parent is not like raising another kid. And some people may say that, oh, you take care of kids and then you take care of your parent. There's a difference when you're taking care of a kid because they're generally growing, developing, learning, and it's pretty much like improvements, even though sometimes you may think it's slow. <laughs> Obeying. Hopefully. <laughs> but a, a, par a parent is an adult, and they've lived their life, and they're set in their ways, and they definitely do not want you to parent them. and. They they think they know better, especially if they're like, well, I raised you um, type thing. But typically, they're not going to keep showing improvements like and growing like a child. They're going to go on the decline and yes. things are going to get worse. And but they won't see it. No. They won't see their decline. Mm -mm. So here's something we've dealt with. Things could be embarrassing or uncomfortable. Let's yes. just be honest. Like, when we get older, things happen. We might not have the same control of our bodily functions. Yes, that is true. Anymore. And you, if you're with them, you're kind of walking around and cleaning up after them. I don't know what it is, but for so many older people, they do not want to bathe anymore. I think and it's because it's exhausting to them. If they're in failing but, health, health, then it's like, uh -huh. And then when you're like, you have to bathe, and they fight you on it, and they lie about it. Oh, I just took a bath. I just took a shower. I, I'll do one tomorrow, and all the stuff, and... And then there comes a time that maybe my husband used to have to do his dad's showers. We, he qualified for a bath aid and we thought, oh, great. Now we have him here. He has bath aid. Interested in pay for it. He sent him away at the door. I don't need you. Mm. And they still have rights. It doesn't yes. matter what their situation is. They have rights to refuse Therapy, treatments, medicine, you know, the bath aid. 
And if we wanted to take him in public, he was going to get his bath. And so my husband became that caregiver for him. And that's not the easiest thing to, to have to bathe a full grown adult. And some, and his dad would be like a lot of arguments about it. But then when he would take his shower, he was very appreciative then to my husband. Oh, you know, he would, he would be fine about it. But then you would think, oh, maybe next time will be easier. Nope. Every time it was hard. Some people can get physically crazy with you. I've heard stories and that kind of stuff like that, dealing with their personal hygiene and their bathroom problems, it can get embarrassing. Do you have anything that you want to say about that? I, uh, well, I do because, I mean, you know, there's been times where things happen in public places sometimes and you just kind of have to roll with it. Most of the time I think that people are gracious if they see it. you're dealing with an older person, mm-hmm. sometimes the person is going to just say something completely off the wall. seems like they lose their filter. Oh, yes. <laughs> and yes. so you get embarrassed by something that was said even, but. Yeah, that that is true. The filter goes. No. A lot of a the lot time. A lot of the time yeah. the filter does times. go. Or they just say something and you're like, what? Where did that come from? But it, it's okay. I guess, you know, for me, I just keep having to tell myself, okay, I could be there one day. Well, you probably will get older one day. Yep. This says your relationships will be strained. That could be with a lot of people. I think you could... You could be dealing with a strained relationship with the actual person you're taking care of. Yeah. But for a spouse, you know, they, your spouse may not be in as, as invested in taking care of your loved one. They're like, oh, you're always doing something for them. It could be like that. You could have to leave your kids to say, look, I got to go take care of grandma. You could lose friendships or kind of what. What's the word I'm looking for? They kind fall of a, by the wayside. Yeah. You know. You kind of just, just alienate apart. people. There's a lot of things. You could even, like, if somebody's working, could start causing conflicts at your job because I have to take off. I have to go do this with my dad or my mom. Or, That's so true. So definitely be prepared for that. And then, oh, this one, the doctor's focusing on prolonging life without taking in consideration the quality. That one really hit home because those doctors, man, they're just going to be like, take this medicine, do this. Here, take another medicine. Let's keep. And it's not like you want to go in and say, could you please do something that (laughs) will stop them? I don't know what you're asking, but. There's a flip side to this prolonged living when their health problems are just one on top of the other and you don't even know what to do anymore. There's so much going on. But I, right. I think I wrote down like some people are going to have a parent that has a failing body but a sharp mind and they may feel very frustrated mentally because they can't do any, what they want to do because their body's failing them. There's a lot of stages they might go through, but you may have a parent that has the neurological decline, dementia, Alzheimer's, and their body is like pretty good. But then you kind of have the double edged sword that both Mm-hmm. both and if you have a body that's failing also the mind is not great then that's really a challenge and i just want to say like whatever the scenario is it can change very rapidly all you need is one instance one case of pneumonia one fall to change everything you may think we are we've got it we have a rhythm going. 
We know what we're doing, everything. And then one thing can flip it. So you have to be prepared for all these situations that could come up. Yeah. Um, speaking to the dementia, my father-in-law had dementia. I don't know how many years. I would say we started noticing a few things. It was probably close to a decade before he died, but it still wasn't bad. It was just like that little forgetful stuff, acting out of character. But there were some years in there where he's just like, I don't even know. Like, I'm not going to tell this whole story, but I'm just like, there's just times that you're like, do I even recognize who you were? But then there would be glimpses of the, of, of the same. It's a very disheartening diagnosis. And it's just so hard to watch because I don't always know, like when it gets really bad, do they know? Are they in there? I just wonder, like, do they, do they know, like, where am I? I don't, I just, it's not just forgetfulness. It's just like, sometimes you look and there is just a vacancy there. And I've seen it with some other people. It's not just me that I saw his case and, and also sometimes they get very mean. Yes. And and they say things or they do things that you think my parent would have never done this, you know, and now they're just doing all these unrecognizable things. They become dangerous. I've heard of people that have to hide hide all the keys. They still think that they're driving or they're doing this and you pretty much have to have someone on them. Yeah. 24-7. Right. Or put an alarm That's, on your door like you did when you had a little kid so that yeah. they can't get out. <laughs> and some of, uh, if you look at the those facilities that specialize in dementia and Alzheimer's care, those are locked down. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Those are the most expensive places there are on the planet to put your family member in. And... Yeah, that's a sad thing about the way our systems work here in our country. Unless you have saved a lot of money up front for your whole life or your end of care time, there's not really a place for you. And then it does. So that's why there's so many people that are caring for their aging parents mm-hmm. because there's not a place for for them, they might. Unless you're willing to give up all your assets, yeah, everything. But even that, to give they that, make it hard to give that to like a state-run facility. Yeah, it's definitely not an easy thing to do. No, not at all. You want to go on to your next uh, topic, or do you want me to take over? The one I had was non-compliant parents. Oh, non-compliant. <laughs> and I thought Ooh. you could. You might could talk about that for a little bit. I can't talk about that. And when we say non-compliant, it's for me personally, with my experience, it's the parent that doesn't, refuses, I should say, or can't hear the doctors and what they're saying on how she could possibly be better, have a better quality of life get a illness under control or a condition under control that's just blinded to their part in their health outcomes and and you could do everything that you could possibly do for them have talked to them show them you know monitor what you buy at the grocery store, all of those things. Nutrition counseling. Nutrition you you counseling. Did that. Yes, all of it. But I still can't make my adult parent do it unless I'm willing to put a huge strain on our relationship. Mean guy. Mean guy. <laughs> That's right. The mean daughter. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm tired of being the food police, you know? And then you hear some people 
that say, like for my mother-in-law, uh, we were always on her about her nutrition and she loved a good cold Dr. Pepper. And, oh, well, you really shouldn't have that. Okay, but you can have one. And then it ended up being more than one. And then there's that other side where you're like, look, she's lived over 80 years. Just let her have her Dr. Pepper. That's right. And that's that's the, the way point. you feel sometimes. Yeah. And I'm I'm to the point where it's like a, you may experience this where you're kind of like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to pick my battles. I'm kind of at that place. I'm going to pick my battles. And right now it's just not going to be food. Although it, it complicates things because the con there are consequences to the choices that then impact your health, which then impact my life because that means that there's more care that needs to be thought about and and done. So, well, from my husband's standpoint, being in healthcare, he sees firsthand how hard it is for that people that never exercised. They never control their eating. They have all these problems. And then imagine being stuck in the bed and other people, healthy people have to move you. And then they're risking their health now yeah. because pick up 300 pounds of dead weight, you know, imagine right. like yes. they don't have muscle tone or, and so your choice is eventually will affect the ones around you or others. Yeah. Like it, it's not just your kids or your grandkids or your spouse. A lot of caregivers are spouses too, but yeah, healthcare workers, <laughs> uh, it's a cause of frustration for them. I know. Yep. For the healthcare workers and for the caregivers, it, it can be frustration, but you know, Dealing with aging parents are going is going to be a challenge. I can't. I say that because I'm in the throes of it. I feel like I've been in the throes of it for a long time. Like when I said, I feel like I've had a twenty foot sandwich, <laughs> but because it's been a long time. But and it's been for various reasons. But I'm just saying that the, it's a challenge for families to have to know what is best. And I would say. Having the discussions is helpful. They might not be the discussions that you want. You might not want to do that now, but I would say it would be beneficial to go ahead and start broaching conversations and get the people that are going to be partnering with you on the same page. And you're going to have differing things. And Tanya already mentioned that there's usually one that takes stands up and takes the reins and then there's other people kind of can fill in or whatever. But, but like that last point said, you need a break. Yes. So whatever you have to do, you have to find someone else that helps you. If, if you have to pay or you have another family member and I, maybe some people have too much pride. They don't want to ask. But sometimes you just have to have some help. Because there's people that are moving these family members into their homes. Because that's the situation that works out best. You just have to. Whether they're in a facility or their own home <clears throat> or in your home. It cannot be one person. No. Just imagine when someone's in the hospital. Is there one person taking care of you? No. They do shifts. <laughs> they they come in and they're on shifts. The person that cleans your room, the nurses, even different doctors. You don't always see the same doctor. So you have to think of it that way. Yeah. Um, and that leads me. I wanted to read this too. That's important. And it is about burnout. Mm-hmm. So if, if you are a caregiver, you need to set reasonable goals and know the limits. You have to know what you can do and when to slow down and understand what you're dealing with. I mean, I've talked before about Charlene is an advocate and a researcher and 
you have to be able to go in there and question these doctors sometimes. Yes. Just like if she's questioning a therapist, oh, we'll get you back on the road. Hold on. Let me tell you what I know before you just say that you're going to do that. Accept your own feelings because there's going to be times that you are guilty, angry, irritable, stressed, and have resentment. And that's just part of caregiving. I was saying before, like, yeah, sometimes they're being difficult and we get irritated and maybe we say something that is not as loving and kind. But just think about when you're raising your kids too. Sometimes you raise your voice. Yeah. <laughs> and then you want to backtrack. And also, I said this says reach out to a trusted someone. Um, and also there's support groups for caregivers, even Facebook groups and different blogs can yeah. help you. If you're taking care of someone else, you have to stay healthy and positive. So don't forget your own health while you're taking care of someone. That's right. And also just be realistic. Be realistic for every aspect of it. Yes. For every aspect of it, because there's, don't have unrealistic expectations of your loved one. Don't, don't think, oh, I went to their home and cleaned it and got all the wash (laughs) done at the washateria and everything. And then you come back. And and now it's good for, and well, we're going to be good. (laughs) And then you come back and, you know, a week later, it's like, oh, I was so busy. I was, you know, only popping in here and there, but it didn't have you know, time to help address these things. Oh my gosh, what happened? Mm -hmm. And you're right back where you started from. And you just have to have realistic expectations about what it looks like to care for an aging parent, because as they age, they're, it's just not going to be the same as it used to be. And it's going to change. There will be frustration. There will be challenges and just for myself I wanted to name off some things that I feel because I'm in the throes of it right now making sure that there are some some things you should get in order first I said talk about talk about the 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 hard things there are some things you might need to address like know what medications they take when they take it why they take it develop a relationship with their doctors doctor or doctors, right? You know, get medical forms signed and notarized like a medical power of attorney or HIPAA forms so that you can freely discuss their situation or their health needs with their doctor so that you can understand better. Or maybe you have to take control because your parent went to the doctor maybe by themselves or or not. Or where they were with you, but they didn't even grasp anything that was said during the during the visit, so that you could come back and say, "Oh yeah, later after the visit, my parent had this question. What about this?" And you can freely talk about it because I've had to step in so much. I feel like I'm just become, you know, my mom's health manager, and so there just comes a time. So I say having those things in place will make it much easier for you when you're, when you're moving forward, even know the difference between what they could, like, what could they qualify for help? There's help out there, but maybe they might not qualify for it. What's the difference between Medicare and Medicaid and what do they each pay for? And about supplemental and about when they had their own insurance through an employer and now they're retired. There is a lot of difference. And there's dates that you have to know about enrollment. Yes. Learned all this stuff. I'm like, that is right. And then there's a hospice that's not like you think of end of life hospice. So there's all kinds of different things out there that you could potentially avail yourself to, but you kind of have to know about it because nobody advertises it, so to say. But I just want to say, for me personally, I have to remember that, and I say this for anyone listening that is in this situation now or or it's coming soon, 
that they're still a person. They were your parent. They, a lot of times, they don't mean to be a burden. They don't want to be a burden, but it just happens. And so have compassion. It's hard sometimes. I, I, I can attest. And sometimes I just have to make humor out of some of the, 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 the things that I feel get nag I get nagged and nagged and nagged until I'm like, okay, fine, we'll go address that. Even if the outcome's going to be, oh, well, we can't really do anything about it. But just have compassion because when you think, when they say, oh, well, you think this is hard on you, it's hard on them too because there's pieces of their life that are being, like, that they're losing. Like, they're, mm-hmm. especially, like, their independence. It's like, oh, I don't can't even drive myself to the doctor anymore. I can't run to the store if I want something. I have to ask someone else for it. And so they are going through a hard time, too, and they've not ever experienced this before, and neither have you. So have grace not just for them, but for yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I just want to say there, there's just, Tanya talked about this a little bit and I think it's part of self care is, um, learn to set boundaries if you can with your parent. Like I will, can only do it on these days unless it's an emergency and don't be surprised if an emergency pops up <laughs> that, could be real or not real you could have two types you could have a parent that's never asking and they really need some help but they will not ask and then you could have the other one they're asking you for everything constantly they're yes. not realizing i still have a life right and you know i i say kudos to any of you out there who are doing this and trying to work at the same time because I can't imagine I'm blessed enough to be available to be able to meet these needs of my aging parent. Um, and it can be a full-time job sometimes. And then there's lulls, but it's a, it's, it's a daily, if not weekly Um, commitment. Yeah. So just, uh, I, I want to speak a little bit about anyone out there that is struggling because the relationship that you had with your parent was not the perfect cookie cutter relationship that it's been strained that there's been it's been like dysfunctional and how do you still care for them with love and compassion and patience and kindness when you don't feel like it? (laughs) That's a hard one. And I think it's a lot of people's situation. Mm -hmm. And there might be people out there that decided, you know what? You ruined my childhood and you weren't there for me, so you're on your own. And they walk away from it. I see them all the time. And they have to live with that. Right. So I guess it goes back to the the golden rule. Treat other people (laughs) the way you want to be treated. And for me, if you have children, just remember that your children are watching and you'll be old one day. True. So I told Charlene I was going to broach the subject. What are my requirements? One thing I wanted to mention to look at it this way, if you have an elderly parent that needs you, how lucky you are that you still have your parent because I lost my parents when I was a child. So I didn't have to experience it with them, but I had my grandparents who fulfilled a parental role for me. Mm -hmm. So definitely I was there for them when they were getting older. 
And with my grandmother's time frame, that was when I was having a lot of little kids. And I, even though she was closer to me geographically than she had used to be, it was hard for me to carve out that time. I got to get away. I'm going to go do this. My grandmother. And I was fortunate that she was well-loved and she had other family members step up and help. And they helped a lot. And I'll forever grateful to them for that because I did suffer from some guilt sometimes. Like, I need to be doing more for my grandmother. She, she did the world, you know, she gave up everything to take care of me, but here I am just overwhelmed. Maybe I had three kids at home under five, but she always was like, your first responsibility is to those kids. And so she had that kind of cheerful attitude and she had this scenario where her mind was with it till the, till the very end. And I'm fortunate for that. So you could just talk to her like I could talk to her the same, you know, mm-hmm. as ever, but her body was wearing out, but, um, she understood. And so I did suffer with some guilt over that. So when it came time that it was my husband's parents getting older, I was just all in to share the responsibility. Cause I said that in my grief episode, like they were good to my kids. They were good, decent people that raised my husband. So of course I wanted to help take care of them, especially since everyone else was working. And I never did that under duress or anything like that. No one made me do that. I did that willingly and I wanted to do that. And I don't go in here and like, look at me. I took care of my in-laws. I mean, I said I had help, but I, that was a privilege to me. Even though I said it was hard, sometimes it was very hard to have those little arguments with them. Like, no, remember, it's just, or you need to be doing this or not this. But when it was all said and done, like, and my in-laws had passed away, I remember saying, <laughs> I don't know who all I said this. I was like, well, that's it for me because my birth parents did not raise me. And even though I know them now, I will not be their caregiver. And I had a lot of kind of back and forth. <laughs> Am I fulfilling Ephesians if I say that? Because I do know them now. If they need me, will I step up to the plate? I would still say like it's a conundrum, right? Because technically I'm the oldest on both sides. I have a mother and a stepfather. And the younger siblings on that side, I have a father and a stepmother and the younger siblings on that side. What is my role here? I don't know. That is a conundrum. That I, and so I definitely think if anyone says, hey, and neither one of them are in a place, thankfully right now, I feel like they still are independent and overall healthy and just doing their thing. But if a time comes and siblings say, Hey, I need you to help with this. Will you do this? I'm, what am I going to say? I'm going to say, you're going to yes. And I'm going to say yes. And I'm not going to say, I'm only saying yes. Cause I have to No, I do love my birth parents. I go on the record and say that. But there have been times when it just like feels weird to me. Also, like if it's what do I do? I would never get in the way of what the other children that were raised by them want to do. I mean, unless I saw them harming them, which I know that wouldn't happen. But so I'm just saying like, it is a very weird situation to think about. And right now I'm not having to do anything. But I think when the time comes, I don't think anyone's going to expect me to say, you need to head this up and do everything. No, I don't think so. And I just happen to be in a situation where there's a lot of other siblings. But it is weird because I thought, what would they all be doing if I had never looked them up and found them? 
Because I truly believe none of those people would know me. I don't think they would have found me. Not to say that they might not have been curious and looked for me, but I think it's harder for them to find me than it was for me to find them. And it was like, but that's still one of those what if scenarios. <laughs> it is. But yeah, so I just want to say that I definitely care about them. But it is weird because I, I looked, I was like, Lord, how many times do I have to fulfill this scripture? <laughs> how many times? Right. Okay. But I'm still going to do it because if you call me to do it, I'm going to still do it. But it is something unique to think about. That is a very unique situation to consider, you know, and, and thought about that. You know, it's a, it's a, I have a complex life. Yes, for it's sure. okay. Yeah, and like I said, dealing with a, a parent where it wasn't even a parent that was not always around, you know, and you lost lots of years, and you, yeah, for me, I just have to know I'm doing this because that's what the Lord's called me to do, and. It's not that I don't love my mother, but it's a unique situation. The challenges didn't just start when she got old. That's what you're saying. Yes, that's right. And you've mentioned before things with your father. He's geographically further. Yes. Have you thought, like, if there's any a, a time I have to step up and do something for him? Yes, and I would. I would if I was in a position to be able to do that. I would. But they're different situations. My father has a spouse, and my mom is alone. Mm -hmm. She's widowed, but she's officially widowed, but the relationship fell apart before that. <laughs> but I'm saying that, you know, she doesn't have anybody. So, well, this is a question that comes up in my own mind. Talked about we're all going to get old. Am I going to act like this one day? That is just <laughs> something that I go, are we? And then my husband goes, I'm going to be the worst patient in the world because I've dealt with patients for this many years. I'm going to say, you don't know what you're talking about, whippersnapper. I was doing therapy before you were born. I don't know all the stuff he says he's going to say. But I just wonder, is this just something that happens? Do we all grow older and not realize what we're doing? Get in some kind of denial loop? Because I distinctly remember my mother-in-law harping on her mother about nutrition and taking care of herself. And then when she got to the same age, she behaved the same way. Like hmm. I can just visualize. I saw her one way with her mother. And then when it was her turn, she was acting the same way. She was, and she didn't see it. I think that we will be blinded to it, but I've told my children already if you see me doing this, 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 or acting like this, 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 you, this is the code word. You just tell me. And I'm like, okay. But I also have thought about writing something down, like that they could have permission to tell me certain things and things I don't want to be like, remember you said you didn't want to be like this or do this or, you know, do this. And then that I signed it. And that they have it. It's like a contract because I want to be told if I am. Yeah. And I want to be able to handle it well. <laughs> but they might have to show me in my own writing where I said I would be that way. I know I'm making light of it, but but not really. No, I if I just think about different friends I've talked to, different scenarios I've witnessed, my own personal interactions it just seems like they get difficult they get in denial they don't listen they don't 
was like, does it happen to everyone? If it, I would love to hear from someone that said, no, my parents were agreeable that until the day they died, I would love to hear from that, but I've just never seen it personally. And I don't want to be like that. I'm like, isn't that what we all say? I don't want to be a burden to my children. I don't, I don't want to act like that, but if I do one day, I'm sorry in advance, but maybe your idea about writing stuff down is good. Hey, I'm a writer. I've been wanting to write this kind of like grandparent book hmm. for my grandchildren one day and just put all the stuff about myself. I don't know why. Things that people will forget, but it would be in writing. So that might be a good suggestion. I think so. We'd never know when that switch is going to happen because it's different for everybody. I've heard Charlene say this. There's plenty of people my mom's age and they're just like, you know, still running the roads and fine. That's right. And, and walking around and mm-hmm. they're on their own. Yes. Well, which like I told you, like my parents age, it's, I'm not sure if they're younger than your mother, but they're close. And I don't have to worry about what they're doing. They're on their own right now. So definitely it could happen. And then I've even heard of people that maybe had a parent with these like early onset dementia. Yes. And it's not even far off from like what our age is right now. So you do really just never know when something's going to happen. And that things are going to change for you. So we're just talking about the more conversations you have ahead of time. Yes. The easier this transition of life will be. Because it definitely is. It's kind of just a, a difficult season that most of us are going to walk through. Yeah. And we don't, we, we don't, we're not, for myself, I wasn't prepared for it when it happened. Mm-hmm. I had experiences that were similar, but now that it's that, she, you know, she's more in a more uh, fragile, feeble state, it, I wasn't as prepared for it as I thought. And like we said, we've been working through our own mental health and we, you know, Charlene dealt with her son's serious diagnosis and I, I had stuff going on. Um, I told that things like with my kids and there's just some, there's, it just kind of like piles on you. Yes. Yeah. Because when I was going and, with my mom, my, my, <laughs> with my kid, my son, my mom was still there. Right. So you just have to be very cautious with your kind of in a fragile state if you're like us when we're like working through getting over the hump of depression and all that it can send you spiraling back down yeah spilling yeah and then you're always questioning what if I make this one mistake and then you know eventually you you lose that parent that you took care of then you're going to experience all that loss such a change in your life too from what it used to be but we're just thought this was an important episode to share and I don't know if many people talk about it because it can be uncomfortable and a little overwhelming but is there anything else you would like to say no I don't have any just be kind (laughs) give grace Take care of yourself. Yep. Um, I just thought I like to read these inspirational things when we close, if I can. And here's one Judith London wrote. Caregivers are often the casualties, the hidden victims. No one sees the sacrifices they make. Thanks for joining us today. Hopefully, something we discussed resonated with you. We encourage you to challenge your thoughts and feelings as you move through this week in an effort to prevent unnecessary spilling. Join us again next Tuesday 
for another Spilt episode with Charlene and Tanya.